Hello, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. We are continuing our study on dwelling on the gospel. What does it mean to dwell on the gospel? Uh, we have looked at dwelling on being made righteous, being declared righteous. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about thinking about God's grace. All right, welcome back. We're back. We're back. We were gone for like five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You may not have listened to this in the same day, but Mm -hmm. we talked about it the same day. So the last podcast is fresh in our mind. Uh, So if if you're just tuning in and saying, hey, I want to check these guys out, uh, let me just encourage you to go back one podcast uh, because kind of introduced this series of dwelling on the gospel uh, so Think on Righteousness was the last episode, episode 78. So here we are, episode 79, uh, and we are asking the question, what does it mean to dwell in the gospel? Mm-hmm. And so we we introduced it, so we're going to kind of briefly skim the introduction and just summarize it and say this way, our walk with Christ, we our walk with Christ and our growth is rooted in what we believe, and the gospel should be influencing what we believe. And we need to make more of the gospel in our life, not less. That Theology 202 is not eschatology and the gifts of the Spirit. Theology 202 is understanding the cross better. 303, 404, 505 are understanding the cross better. Amen. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason why is because our greatest enemy is our heart, and the gospel actually addresses the heart uh, more than any other uh, doctrine or theological like doctrine like, that's out there i think agreed um but and it's really broad i mean you're talking about justification sanctification glorification like forgiveness grace mercy. there's so much that there's so, so broad yeah. yeah we're probably i my guess is we're going to end up talking about this a lot over the next couple of weeks yeah okay i think so so yeah because i don't i don't know how much we can uh yeah i don't really not trying to go fast right yeah okay we got time so Originally, it was a two-parter. This may end up being a 25-parter. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's, there's the chimes. Yeah. So right, now so. you know what hour it is. Now you know what part of the hour it is that we're recording, if you know the song. That's a kind of a cool little, like, bump or nudge. Like, oh, 15 minutes. Do something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if they can hear it on the podcast. Oh, they might not be able to hear it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can tell this is the hour one because mm-hmm. it's got the bass. It the it, it, Dings the bass chimes. Anyway, so uh, it's interesting you say that Mm -hmm. because uh, addressing the heart, um, you know, there's always a problem on social media. Yep. Okay. I've also learned there's always the same three people, but there's always this, like, this is the greatest threat to the church. It's like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there's going to be six of those in 2024. Yep. Okay. Uh, who knows what it's going to be this year? Literally, I think you could put 6,000 topics in a jar mm-hmm. 
And I think those guys just reach their hand to the jar and pull up like the greatest threat to the church this year is silk socks. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Um, but the, the, the reality is every human being in the church and, and in the world is struggling with idolatry, unbelief and pride. Yep. And everyone needs to understand the gospel better. Mm-hmm. That's why you emphasize the gospel in service. That's why when people are like, well, you got to fight this problem. It's like, look, you read about some teacher in the New York City public district school who did something so crazy it made the news, and you think the church has to fight it here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now we're good. Like, you know, just because, but it's interesting how people are like, oh, but that, like, it's one person who made the news. That doesn't mean the whole world has gone that way. Yeah. Like, they made the news because the news was like, hey, this will produce clicks and advertisements. and It's the keep everyone safe mentality. Yeah, it is that. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is the danger, yeah. this part of the country. So we, if you want to protect yourself from this danger, yes, they, these are the five things that you can do. Yes. Yeah. Do, the, do these things. Yeah. Um, and also like, but a true church. But, but so that's why we're dwelling on the gospel. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about dwelling on righteousness and just quick summary. Because actually, that's quite a bit. Like, God made you righteous because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Not because anything you did, not because anything you um, thought about doing, not not for any other reason um, than by faith alone, by grace alone. Mm-hmm. So that's good, right? Because there's rest. You don't have to keep earning God's eye. You don't have to, like, um, perform well at the combine. Right, the, the combine's what they call in mm. sports. The <laughs> people that they go, yeah. everybody that wants to be drafted, they get invited to the combine. Um, and then they perform, and then they're rated. And so everyone's like, hey, this is physically the best athlete that's here at the combine. And so then they get ranked and all that to say, right? That So, okay. Um, you don't have to perform for that, you know. Uh, in fact, First Corinthians says the not many mighty, the not many wise, the not many noble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a recognition that um, God's not necessarily, his criteria, his economy is not the same as our economy. Yep. Okay. So now, we're, so we're thinking about what does it mean to be, right, declared righteous? Well, what does it mean by, as a gift by grace? That Romans 3.24, right? That um, when when Paul says, uh, having been or being justified as a gift by his grace. So you're declared righteous as a gift by his grace. So I think it does well, not only when we say dwell in the gospel to start thinking about being made right with God and that you're a child of God because he made you right. But I think you would do well to start thinking about, wait a minute, what does it mean to be, why is by grace alone, like to dwell on grace alone? Mm -hmm. Like that's probably something, my theory, my running theory right now is that most of us don't think about grace as much as we should. Mm -hmm. And that everyone wants grace while also being slow to distribute grace. Yeah, I was just gonna say that we 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 don't have a problem applying grace to ourselves, right? But uh, don't understand that um, as grace was dispensed freely to us, there's there's a there's a 
um, there's an expectation or maybe not even an expectation, but there's, there's a kind of love that, uh, there's a new heart that God gives us so that we also would love to do the same. Um, but we fight against pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I, I don't think, I think we think about grace a lot when we make, mis- when I make a mistake mm-hmm. and that mistake um, steps on somebody else's toe. I'm very quick to be like, and you, you hear this, you kids, I didn't mean to. And so then we want grace. But then when the other person steps on my toe, it's like, well, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I think, I think we only think, I think grace is bound up when we're defensive of our behavior. That's when we want grace. Yeah. But I think we're slow to think about God's grace in general mm. and what that means. Okay. So dwelling on the grace of God in salvation. So when we say dwell, dwell on the cross, we are saying dwell on grace. Mm-hmm. Make more of grace than you think. Yes. Okay. So define, like, Daddy, how do you define grace? How would you define grace? Yeah, it's a free gift, um, most simply. Uh, you know, it's one of my kid's birthday today. Uh, oh, yeah. Freely treated him to his des- heart's desire, which was a Happy Meal. Man, you got so lucky. <laughs> he just wanted a Happy Meal with chocolate milk and apples. That, that was it. So simple. Didn't even care about the toys. He just, oh, chocolate yeah. milk was the key to that his heart. Yeah. yeah. But, that, it, you that's know. That's the key to his heart yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it, it, you know. Um, because he's in the family and he's loved despite his toddlerness and his, uh, you know, anti four year, four year old now antics. Um, he's still freely given grace in, in the family. Uh, didn't have to earn it. Right. So th- there's a, there's an aspect of, of grace from the Lord in salvation where because of faith and belief, uh, he freely bestowed on us every spiritual blessing, every like all the grace we need to be righteous forever. From our perspective, and that's um, that's an insane amount of grace if we understood how sinful we are. A hundred percent. Yeah, grace is not just so; it's a gift. So even there, it's not something that you deserved or earned, right? It's not a wage. Mm-hmm. Um. It's easy to be gracious to your own family because they're your DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like moms remember holding their kids, and that really does influence grace from the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but God chose to act, right? And so, what did He do? He gave us the gift of His Son and the death of the cross. And he did that freely of his own desires. Not because we earned it or deserved it. Not because we were even lovable. Mm-hmm. Right? For, for he did for his enemies, actually. Yeah, for his enemies. <laughs> Not his family members. Yeah. He made his family. He made the enemies his family members. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling mm-hmm. to us. Yes. Because I would argue that, that again, taking out the scenario of me being defensive of my own mistakes, which is that's what we're crying for. There is grace that when it comes to everything outside of that moment, we tend to be more like you earn it, you deserve it, you establish it. 
right? Okay, once you earn respect, we'll be gracious. Once you earn this, we'll be gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, It's. I think it's hard to think about because we don't understand that it's not like it's tangible. So it's not like you're getting gifts at the, it's not like Amazon packages, like just <laughs> showing up at your door every moment, but that's exactly what it is. If you could see it, if you could see God's grace, you would be overwhelmed. Um, right. Like in Ephesians is like, we're lavished, right. With grace. Like that to me, that's a picture of a waterfall and never ending waterfall um, of, uh, of, of, of grace, of, of mercy, of love. Um, and if it was tangible, that's what it'd feel like. You standing under a raging waterfall, uh, to put a picture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Luther said this, my temptation is this, that I think I don't have a gracious God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, um, now that's important too. So again, there's kind of this internal external, um, that, when you don't think of God as being gracious, I think you will slide into works-based acceptance again. Yes. You'll slide back into performance, outcome, capitalism grace. Mm-hmm. Not not to say communism grace is right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because communism grace would, would have the idea that there's a limited amount of grace and everybody got an equal portion. Capitalism grace is the idea that you have to earn your favor. Mm. So neither one of those are going to work. Because yeah. of what you just said, grace is overwhelmingly lavished. Yes. So, yeah. What do you say to the person who, and this is this is just me thinking through um, just real life situations where sometimes it gets really, really hard. And, you, you know, you, you, you said the temptation is to think that God is not grace, gracious. The, like, what do you think about the person that struggles thinking he's gracious because of the trials they're going to? Like, how, how can you say you have a gracious God where uh, when I'm going through such a painful time in my life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, one, the pain doesn't remove God's grace. Mm-hmm. And so um, if your faith is in Christ, then you're declared righteous, mm-hmm. set apart, made his child seat in heaven reserved that was all by grace Mm -hmm. so regardless of what you're experiencing on earth that doesn't remove the reality of salvation so again like your trial yes life may be difficult life may have trials life may have a hundred problems but that doesn't remove the fact that you have a um seat at the banquet table an eternal life with Christ and a relationship with Christ. Hmm. You know, now, depending on your trial, if your trial is self-inflicted, yeah, that doesn't remove God's grace, but same token, like your trial is self-inflicted. Like maybe, maybe you need to start, maybe you need to rest in Christ, but also say, you know what? I got to be smart and quit self-inflicting my gunshot wounds mm-hmm. into my feet. Uh, but it's also possible, right? That that trial is, sickness or disease or something that you couldn't control. And at that point, there's still a reminder you live on a sinful earth and that, that we're still, we're not in our glorified bodies. We're in fallen bodies Mm -hmm. that are perishable. You know what I mean? So we could be real victims. Yes. And it, it, I think we kind of talked about this, the last podcast, you do have to dwell and rest in, 
rest in Christ, rest in the gospel, in spite of your current predicament, current real circumstances, right? So maybe that's that's an application point. Is that yeah, would, no, would that great. be the previous? That's such a big deal, by the way. Cause I, I think for for people who are suffering, they yeah. do, they do need to realize. I think that um, uh, I guess it, it's a it's it's wrong expectation to 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 have um, heaven on earth today, right? I think that's part that's, of the problem. Yeah. I, so I just finished reading Job, and one of the things that noted in Job is. Um, the problem with Job's counselors was this idea of if you were sinless, you would have, things would go well for you on earth. Uh, yeah, yep. Well, that that's a that's a false gospel. And at the end, God's like, "Look, some things are going on that are that you have no you have no knowledge of," mm-hmm. and almost kind of like. And by the way, I don't have to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't owe you anything. So you know what I mean? Like there's this kind of like blessed assurance that okay, God, like, like the thing is he does still tell us that that's the, that's the crazy part. Right. And he tells us that, Hey, some things are going on that you're not aware of and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, he also tells us in Philippians one twenty seven to 29 or one twenty seven to 30 that, um, you have been grace gifted, not only to believe, but to suffer. So there is a sense in which because you're aware of God's righteousness and because you've been made righteous and because you're still living in a fallen world, you're going to suffer living around people that don't care. Mm. Right. Like at some level you're, you're going to be spinning your wheels in the mud sometimes to serve other people. And at the same time, um, you're going to have to double down on grace when it's really hard because they're not, you're not going to see the changes that you were hoping to see. Right. And I think that's why you have to, I think that's why we need to make more of grace and dwell on grace more. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if, um, okay. So if I'm dwelling on grace, Lord, I am who I am because of your grace and your mercy. So your grace was this gift where you saw a need and the need was my redemption and forgiveness. And you gave me that gift. Mm. Okay. So now the second thing is, um, that God in his righteousness, um, validated me because of Christ and accepted us because of Christ. And now that's all by grace. So Mm -hmm. that's a gift, but because I'm not in my glorified body, God is fully aware that we don't fully understand our salvation. Mm. And so again, every day of our life, I think if we could see the totality of our selfishness and our unbelief, Mm -hmm. we would sit here and be like, wait a minute, why are we saved still? Mm -hmm. But the fact that we've been declared righteous by God's grace, he keeps us in the family and he continues to work with us and to grow us and to mold us and to change us. Mm-hmm. So now, the more I start to think about God's grace, the more I realize, wow, God, you are far more gracious to me than I realized. So, because I'm going to go to sleep tonight not even aware of selfish thing, thoughts I had, selfish behavior, right? Like, you know, maybe one of your kids came up and said something to you and you snapped back and you just moved on with your day. Maybe you didn't even think about it, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe you just went on with your day and, you know, didn't even think about that you had sinned against your kid in, in a, 
in an unhealthy response or sinful response, or maybe sinful towards your spouse. You know, it doesn't matter. Like maybe you cussed out the car in front of you and that's a blind spot unbeknownst to you. And right at the end of the day, you you did not get knocked down in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You didn't go into a second tier. You weren't put on the minor league team, right? No, you, you stayed full child. Mm-hmm. So because you stayed full child, why? By God's grace. Yeah. Like, like God is just like he who is aware of all of it is like, I choose to accept you and am going to still continue to mold you and shape you. And I'm still keeping this chair in heaven for you. Mm-hmm. So why? Because God's gracious. Is there a correlation with the person who doesn't, Dwell much on God's grace and legalism. I think so. Because I was thinking that's kind of a legalistic mindset for someone to to have the expectation of God to to work because maybe hey I've been good you know yeah. what's going on like I I've, I've been doing the things you've been telling me to do I've did X Y and Z and I'm I'm a faithful follower follower of you why are you cruel Yeah, I think that's a very real temptation but I think that person may not. Un- realize that that's actually legalistic thinking right yes yeah yeah because you're you're again you're going back to wait a minute i'm doing these things why aren't you doing this thing yeah so it's almost like you even in your legalism is a selfish desire to to get these things from god mm-hmm. and the really reality is okay wait a minute, time out what do i have from god that I that I earned, and the answer is nothing. Right, right, right. So then, okay, I have the spirit. I have a church family who's imperfect, just like I'm imperfect, right? And so legalism is dangerous to this because legalism, um, even by believers, sets some kind of ethic code, mm-hmm. and then kind of looks around the room and says, uh, "Why aren't you guys living up to this?" Mm. Right. And so, what is that ethic code that you're asking me to live up to? You know, and so, um, you know, that's why, that's why, right. People who are like, um, well, yeah, believers don't watch rated R movies. Well, that, okay. Listen, that's a legalistic code. Like mm-hmm. you have forgotten how gracious God is, you know, believers don't, don't do this. Well, again, like, why are you picking that thing when you don't realize like somebody else could know your blind spots and pick those things as the thing that ostracizes you from the community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, God doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So God helps, right? Not only does he save the helpless, which if all he, if all he did was save the helpless, we we would like, we would extol God because he's charity God because right. He was the God of charity, but because he saves enemies and he shows grace to those who oppose him, Right, that actually starts to offend us because in our mind, some people should not be shown grace. Mm. Right, um, the target marketing department should not be shown grace based on some of their agendas that they seem okay advocating for the target store. Mm-hmm. You know, Starbucks I know has for many times been the object of. Christian cancel culture because different decisions that the owner makes with his finances. Mm. Well, again, 
showing grace doesn't mean we're justifying any of that. Mm-hmm. It just means at some level it's an acknowledgement too of like, okay, wait a minute, man, you're a sin, you're a sinner just like I'm a sinner. God showed me grace. I can show you grace mm-hmm. rather than right. Because yeah. yes, I believed and I got more grace mm-hmm. and I got saved, but the gospel wasn't first change your mind here. Then I give you grace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think that, that when you talking about Christian cancel culture, it's like the idea is, you cancel me, therefore I'm going to cancel you. It's it's a tit for tat, right? It's like you treat me this way, I'm going to treat you that way. Yeah, some or, some some of it's that way. Too. Yeah, some yeah. of it's like it's like it's it's more like vengeful thinking, versus like, okay, I understand you're a sinner. Um, you don't understand these priorities. Uh, you know, and they may even be hurting um, the church in some in some. In some way, maybe making it harder for for the church or believers to to live in the world, but like the 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 response of a believer should still at some level be gracious, where we're still communicating God's love and mercy, um, because our God's an attractive God, and I think if we respond in a vengeful kind of mean, vengeful way, that doesn't win anybody. Um, and the gospel is not even presented that way. You know, the gospel is so tender and so kind. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think lightly of the kindness and to- of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance, Romans 2, 4. And then in Ephesians 4, 32, um, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. And the word in Greek, by the way, is because your text will say forgiving each other, but the word in Greek is gracing each other. Mm just as God in Christ has also graced you. And so if, right, that's why you need to think much of grace. I am who I am and have what I have by God's grace. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait a minute. If God can show me grace, then how do I then turn around and distribute less grace to other people? And, And again, we're not, you know, so the legalist struggles because, well, yeah, but see, they're a homosexual, so you can have nothing to do with them. And it's like, okay, listen, that's not how God treated you. Mm-hmm. Like your sexual perversion may be different, mm-hmm. but God didn't treat you the same way. Yeah. That's right. So, and again, we're not, and I think this is the, the gray being gracious to people does not mean you condone or accept their behavior. Correct. Yep. You're saying, uh, I recognize you for who you are. You are a valuable human being who needs the gospel. Let me sh- let me stand for truth by showing you grace mm-hmm. yep. rather than stand for truth by belittling you. Yep. Because the second you start the belittle process mm-hmm. or the, the God hates fags process, mm-hmm. um, you are, you're, you've kind of slid into the judgment seat, which is not where you sit. It's not right. where any of us sit. And instead, we sit in the seat that got grace, and we're actually to show people that there's seats next to us that are open, that that you can sit here and you get here through grace as well. That's good. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like to mm-hmm. sit there and be like, to to now look down on people is to basically is to basically like 
put both metal fingers up at God and say, ah, to grace. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's atrocious. Like, yeah. how do you, how do you love grace and then turn around and show no grace? Yeah. I think that's where people are. People are confused because if you show grace, they believe you're compromising truth Yeah, you're not and that. they're not the same thing. No, you're actually compromising the truth by, by not, not showing, not showing grace. Yeah, grace. Absolutely. Because again, the truth says you're saved as a gift by grace. Mm-hmm. Romans 2, 4, the kindness of God. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, gracing each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's living by the truth. Yeah. So then to turn around and not be gracious is actually compromising the truth. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's why I think we need to make, that's why we need to think about grace. So as we kind of come to the end of this podcast, that's why I think we need to think about God's grace more than what we already do. Mm. Like if you wake up and say, God, you're gracious. Okay, cool. What does that mean? Like start to break that down. Like what does that mean that God's gracious? Okay, God, free gift to me. You saw my needs and you freely gave the solution. And what is my need? My need was salvation in Christ, forgiveness, union, sanctification. Like start to, you know what I mean? You start to Mm -hmm. think about that and go, wait, okay, this was by your grace alone. Mm. This is this was solely grace. Like this is really going to help you out, mm-hmm. you know. And that that's it's it's going. You know, it's going well when you actually start um, showing compassion to other people. That, and that compassion is not just a an emotion. When you start to like, or you kind of start to get broken for people. Yeah, you know, and it's and I get it. Like there is a part of me that breaks. You know, when some atrocity happens and some guy does something and he devastates the lives of 30 people and everyone's like, ah, he deserves kill him. And like, there's a part of me, it's like, yes, for your victim's sake, I'm kind of angry. But there's also that part of me, it's like, but God, man, show that guy grace. You know, because that guy is living in a world without grace. In a world with no grace, by the way, everyone is vile to one another. And would be depressed. And um, if there was no common grace, there would be way more mass destruction from individuals. Yep. Because it um, living in a law world with no grace is exasperating. It's tiring. It's wearisome. Mm-hmm. That's why legalism produces no rest. That's why rest is a good word for what the gospel produces. Because legalism produces anxiety suffering, disparity, um, and ultimately hatred mm-hmm. because you're going to start hating other people. Yeah. Um, and you're only going to flock together with people that are as legalistically good as you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have the same blind spots as you. So you guys are all going to like, you're going to kind of quote unquote, you're going to tell each other you're showing each other grace, but you're really not. Um, you're going to be showing no grace. Yeah. Uh, but because you found three other super like-minded people, you're going to feel safe with them. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah there's just going to be a few other. Yeah. There's the, yeah. the, it's the echo chamber effect yes, where yeah. in your echo chamber, no one's wrong. Yes. And it's easy to get along, but you're, you're so blind to your vitriol to others Yeah, because everyone's telling you, Oh, you're great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And so, so you know, as you as you speak there, it's like all these different echo chambers, whether whether in Christian circles, the political realm, uh, governments. I mean, like 
they're they're just natural they they form naturally because of the human heart that's what the human heart wants to do it looks for like-mindedness um in in their idols and so it's like every circle has an idol Mm -hmm. and they worship that idol and they they all think the same they you know and if they don't they get canceled out they get but it's you're right i think it's 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 depressing it's um it's um there's there's no hope it leads to anxiety absolutely it's just a sad it's a sad state um it's a sad state of the human heart left itself yeah, it's gonna it's gonna create the C.S. Lewis's inner ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you could go read the inner ring. That's that that inner ring is a graceless society. Yeah, um, that actually the inner ring doesn't exist, and I think that's that's the irony of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think um, yeah. So C.S. Lewis is good. The whole Christ talks about this a little bit too. Yeah. So I know we read that a year ago, and if you haven't read it, I encourage you to. Um, Seeing, I, I just, I think my my exhortation is when you start to dwell on the gospel, you would do well every day to remind yourself and to think much about God's grace. Amen. Yeah, and and to to kind of realize I mess up way more than I want to. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my complaint against Alistair Begg mm-hmm. is not against him personally, but against the the responding to him mm-hmm. is show the guy grace. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. even if you dis- disagree with him. Show them grace. Like mm-hmm. we all have blind spots. Yeah. And it's just the advantage that not all of us have million people platforms. So when we screw up, three people see it and hear it rather than a million people. But there it is. The the expectancy is for him to be perfect. Mm. And so then when he so again, you know, I and by the way, I'm not even saying he screwed up. That's yep. a whole topic. Yep. That is now 10 years ago, it was black and white in my head. Uh, 10 years later, the issue is still sinful in my head. However, how you navigate that sin, my, my thinking changed on that because being aware of God's grace and two, realizing that not, not every situation is the same as another situation. Mm-hmm that people involved in situations can, can make them different to the point to where, you know, um, on Monday, the right thing may be to go to in and out. And on Tuesday, the wrong thing may be to go to in and out. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like there might be wisdom. So there's a lot of wisdom there. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's why be gracious. Yeah. God's gracious to you. You love it. Other people love grace. Mm. Yeah. It's nice. All right. Do we have anything else? Dwell on grace. Dwell on righteousness. Dwell on the the grace of God. Uh, Absolutely. I think the clock struck twice. So I think that's our time. Yeah, that's our time. (laughs) Hey, that's the nice part about that clock then. So, yeah. All right. Well, I have the timer going too. So, okay. We, um, next time we come back, we will talk more about dwelling on the gospel. Uh, Let me leave the homework, this homework to you. Uh, Think much about the cross. Think much about grace. Think much about God declaring us righteous. Think much about the fact that he brought you into his family and think much about and ask the question, how should that influence the way I treat other people? Um, how should it, how should I treat believers? And I'll give you the answer now because I don't know when we're coming back in podcast, but first view other people in your church as fellow children of God because they have faith. Mm. And if you'll start there, you will actually love them in a way that honors God better You'll find being gracious to them is far easier. You'll find being patient with them is easier. It's a it's a better starting point. Amen. And then if you if they're not believers, well then you're 
job is right. Then you're broken for them rather than angry with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lord, my job is to lead them to Christ. So, all right. Good stuff. Thank all you. Right. Thanks, Anthony. Yep. All right. Thanks, G. All right. You're welcome.